One Week Season. One Week Season fam, La Familia, welcome back. It is Mike Johnson, M. Johnson 86, as I'm known in those DFS and best ball streets. It is Monday, August 21st. We are coming to you after the conclusion of the final NFL game of the week, the Monday night game, of course, between the Ravens and Commanders. This is your Monday news reactions and market updates podcast. This is available on all pot public podcast feeds. Uh, just a reminder, this is part of our Best Ball Plus subscription. If you're listening to this, it could be uh, you could be already be a subscriber um, or just tuning in uh, to get caught up on the week. Um, but we are our we do have our Best Ball Plus subscription available. Uh, it is discounted now with just a couple weeks left of drafting down to fifty nine dollars. Uh, if you are drafting heavily in the best ball streets uh, these last couple weeks uh, or just getting ready for your redraft uh, leagues, I highly recommend uh, you come and check us out. That's oneweekseason.com. Uh, of course, the rest of our uh, weekly podcast schedule during the offseason. Tomorrow on Tuesday, uh, I have a training session, we call it, focused on DraftKings and Drafters contests, best ball contests. On Wednesday, my esteemed colleague Hilo uh, leads it off with our Underdog Wednesdays, uh, game theory focused on underdog-specific contests. And on Thursdays, Hilo takes a deep dive into the realm of game theory and how we can apply it to the game of best ball. On Fridays, of course, we have our industry guest series uh, that's available on Twitter and YouTube. Um, it is live streamed and then available uh, for replaying. That's with video as well. Uh, that is publicly available. Highly recommend you check that out. Hilo has, uh, he has had a terrific string of guests on over the course of the summer. Um, definitely learning more and more each week. Uh, as we get into it this week, we are going to go game by game through the games that we just saw played in week two of the preseason. Uh, talk about each team involved, anything interesting we saw from a usage perspective, um, as well as you know anything with injuries, trades, contracts, etc. So with that said, we will get to it and start firing through these games. We will start with the Thursday night game that took place between the Eagles and Browns. Um, the Eagles, the biggest things that stood out for me uh, in this game was uh, DeAndre Swift actually sat out. Uh, the other four running backs involved in the competition, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Rashad Penny, Boston Scott, Trey Sermon, all uh, did play, did, did take uh, snaps. Kenneth Gainwell got the start. Uh, Boston Scott uh, played over Rashad Penny, and Trey Sermon also had a very good game. Uh, the thing that stands out to me about this situation is that uh, after week one, when Gainwell and Scott were given the week off, Swift uh, started. Um, some people thought that meant for sure that Gainwell uh, was ahead of Swift or that Swift was 
in a bad spot. Swift, of course, looked very good in that week one uh, appearance. Um, you know, it stands out to me. My belief is that those two backs, DeAndre Swift and Kenneth Gainwell, uh, are going to be the top two backs in a rotation. Um, I touched on this. If you haven't already, uh, check out our team previews on the Best Ball Plus site at OneWeekSeason.com. I touched on the Eagles situation in my August update. Uh, my prediction is that Swift and Gainwell uh, both are multidimensional backs who can uh, run the ball, catch the ball, and block. Um, and so I think uh, the Eagles are going to use those two as their primary backs in a timeshare where they can rotate them and consistently have a uh, threat in all areas of the game on the field. Um, you know, that is my expectation. That's kind of how I've been drafting. Uh, Rashad Penny, um, a lot of negative negative type things that, that I saw uh, this week for him. Uh, Boston Scott coming into the game before him. Of course, Scott has been productive for the uh, Eagles for the last couple of years, and they signed him uh, to a decent-sized deal for someone um, without much pedigree or background. Um, and then Trey Sermon, who has been getting a ton of camp buzz and had uh, decently high uh, draft pedigree coming into the league for the 49ers. Uh, he had a very good game as well. Uh, Rashad Penny had two runs for 18 yards. One of the runs was a 16-yard run. Um, you know, on paper, those numbers look good. But on that long run, uh, he did. It just, he just did not look like he had uh, the same type of burst. He, he got through the line into the second level. And the Rashad Penny I've seen uh, the last couple of years uh, when he was healthy um, would have busted that into a much longer run than 16 yards. So uh, that really stood out to me, the Eagles running back situation. As for the Browns, Cedric Tillman, the rookie wide receiver, uh, still making plays, has multiple catches in all three of the Browns' preseason games so far. Um, he is an explosive and talented rookie on a potentially very good offense. So the belief most have is he was drafted as a Donovan Peoples-Jones replacement for 2024. But looking at the rest of that wide receiver room, Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore, both are versatile enough that any of that top three uh, between those two and DPJ, um, if any of them went down, Tillman would, should have ample opportunity. Um, you look at... I, the expectation kind of is that Moore uh, will be the slot receiver with Cooper and DPJ outside. Tillman is more of a perimeter receiver as well. Uh, but Amari Cooper also uh, has been very productive from the slot throughout his career. So would not be shocked at all to see uh, Tillman, if any of those three wide receivers goes down, uh, get a lot of opportunity. And of course, he's going in like the last round um, of drafts on... Uh, DraftKings and Drafters, which are 20 rounds. He's rarely being drafted on underdog. Um, certainly a high upside type of guy who, if given opportunity, um, paired with Deshaun Watson, would be extremely interesting. Uh, for the Browns running back situation, Jerome Ford, the expected backup running be back behind Nick Chubb, uh, still out. But the Browns have still not signed a veteran free agent. And his Jerome Ford's top competition, John Kelly, uh, had a goal line fumble on the first possession of the game. Uh, Browns got to the one-yard line, and Kelly fumbled the ball. So 
the reading the tea leaves with Ford, um, he's been out for about a week and a half with a hamstring injury, I believe. Um, but my belief is that uh, the Browns are confident in him. Um, he is clearly the second uh, option on this current roster. Um, and it was a good sign that they didn't bring a veteran free agent in. That being said, I found it particularly interesting. Um, Jonathan Taylor today, uh, it came out that the Colts have uh, granted him permission to seek a trade. Uh, this also happens to be on the same day that the Browns restructured Miles Garrett's contract to give them $12 million in extra cap room. Uh, that brings them up to $34 million. Uh, in cap space, which is the most in the league for this season. So, you know, my uh, conspiracy theory hat <laughs> gets put on quickly and start wondering, you know, are these things correlated? Uh, you look at, uh, this got me thinking and looking at Nick Chubb. Uh, next year, Nick Chubb in 2024 will be 29 years old. And his contract is set up in such a way that the Browns, if they so chose, uh, could cut ties with him, uh, and only it would only be $4 million in dead cap next season um, that they would lose for cutting him. So you look at him, going to be 29 years old, Jonathan Taylor currently 24. Uh, and of course, the Browns we know have been a very run-heavy offense. Uh, it's kind of how Kevin Stavansky's offense has been built starting around the running game. Uh, so just a potential landing spot out there. I know there's been a lot of speculation around uh, Jonathan Taylor um, the last few weeks and then kind of rekindled now. A lot of talk about the Dolphins, maybe the Bears. Uh, but I think the Browns are a dark horse here with all that cap space and with, uh, you know, just the way the contract situation sets up. Uh, so we'll see how it plays out. But uh, just wanted to throw that tidbit in there. Next, we have the Panthers and Giants game. In Carolina, the biggest thing that stands out to me is there is a clear, clear first-team offense for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, their top personnel uh, very clearly stated uh, in Bryce Young, he play, has played 32 snaps, um, and every single one of Hayden Hurst at tight end and then wide receivers Jonathan Mingo, DJ Chark, and Adam Thielen have played at least 26 snaps. Um, you know, with that being the case, uh, you know, we have all of those guys very clearly uh, what they are planning to use, um, especially with Terrace Marshall's injury in training camp. Um, and then looking at the running back situation, a lot of rumors about Frank Reich's uh, desire to have a workhorse running back uh, wanting to lean on Miles Sanders in that regard. Some comments that came out, um, I believe there was some video uh, with him actually directly talking about it. Now Chuba Hubbard uh, sustained an ankle injury as well. Uh, Raheem Blackshear, who is the presumed third running back for the Panthers, he played behind, I don't even remember uh, the name, but their fourth string uh running back played over uh, Blackshear. Um, so, you know, that, again, uh, that lack of uh, explosive talent behind Sanders and uh, the kind of smoke around him potentially wanting to be, um, or Reich wanting to use Sanders in a workhorse role, 
certainly points to uh, that being the case. When you see as well, you know, Sanders is nursing some sort of a, I believe it's a groin injury or something. Um, but I also find it interesting that um, his ADP continues to drop as he misses time. But uh, I also think, you know, there's a chance they may be planning to really ride him. And that's part of why they continue to hold him out because they know they're going to need him uh, during the season. So uh, between Sanders uh, at running back, Hurst at tight end, um, and then those three wide receivers, this is a team that with Bryce Young, who is one of the top young quarterbacks in the league, um, just from a prospect perspective, if it wasn't for his size, would be one of the top prospects uh, we've seen come out in the last decade. Um, so when you think about that, uh, and, you know, if he's able to overcome that size issue, uh, and potentially make this a very productive offense. And then you have, uh, that concentrated volume where this is not a team that is subbing a lot of guys in and out. Uh, and you have five clear players, um, getting on the field, uh, for most of the game. That is where uh, you can certainly find a lot of profit, both in best ball and early season DFS. So uh, something that I will have uh, my eye on. For the Giants, Daniel Jones continues his hot camp in preseason. Um, looked very good, very, very good. Um, you know, and wheels look up for him. Um, their tight end position, uh, again, I mentioned this. I saw this on the uh, stat on Twitter. Sorry, I don't remember who posted it. Uh, but Daniel Jones, his his best rating in 2022 uh, was when the Giants were in 12 personnel, which of course is two wide receivers, two tight ends, and one running back. Uh, particularly interesting uh, because Darren Waller looked very good and Daniel Bellinger, um, the presumed backup tight end, uh, caught a touchdown from Jones. So... Uh, very interesting there in the wide receiving core. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins was the leading wide receiver. Jalen Hyatt showcased his speed and made a big play with a touchdown. I expect, excuse me, I expect the Giants to open the year with Isaiah Hodgins, Darius Slayton outside, Paris Campbell in the slot. Um, and it certainly, it appears that that's their plan as well. But I do believe Jalen Hyatt is the type of talent uh, and has the type of speed that he is going to force his way onto the field um, more and more as the season progresses. Uh, in one way or the other, um, Brian Dable is going to find a way to get the ball in his hands. So, uh, interesting spot there. Moving on to the Bengals and Falcons game. Uh, the Bengals' Joe Mixon, of course, this last week was found not guilty in his trial Uh for allegedly brandishing a gun in a road rage incident back in January or February. Uh, there has been no punishment from the NFL so far. Uh, the Bengals did say uh, they are, quote-unquote, glad to have this uh, incident behind everyone. Um, so they clearly are expecting uh, not to have any uh, more repercussions for mixing or worry about him missing games at this point. Uh, interesting comments coming from some beat reporters and uh, people around the team. Uh, supposedly, Chris Evans is going to be the passing down back. 
uh, replacing Samaj P. Ryan in that role from last year. Uh, interesting because um, Evans, Chase Brown, rookie Ch- that's rookie Chase Brown, and Travion Williams um, were all kind of battling for backup roles. I think Travion Williams uh, had the inside track uh, being the longest tenured uh, Bengal and having the GM speak highly of him throughout the offseason. But he has missed a lot of time uh, due to injury. So uh, interesting spot there. We had Samaj P. Ryan, highly valuable uh, in several games last year um, when Mixon was out, but also, uh, you know, was relevant in some games uh, where Mixon did play due to that uh, passing down role uh, and bringing Mixon off the field in certain situations. Um, Joe Burrow is back throwing and running. Uh, as long as that Q, red Q is next to his name in drafts and his ADP is suppressed, he is a buy, in my opinion. Um, you know, putting these things together, I don't think Joe Mixon has the same effectiveness uh, that he had earlier in his career. I don't think this is going to be a great running team. Um, the lack of uh, pop that we've seen from the backup running backs uh, leads me to believe that even more. Um, and I think this Bengals passing offense uh, could really kind of go to even another level than what we've seen the last two years. So that'll be interesting to see play out. Uh, and for the Falcons, uh, Kyle Pitts played, made a nice one-handed catch, uh, looked healthy. Um, he's on the field. That's the biggest thing coming off that MCL tear. Uh, so... <clears throat> Of course, Pitts um, had a solid rookie season, a little bit disappointing last season, uh, but, you know, he is, he was drafted, uh, I believe, fourth overall for a reason. He is, um, you know, a generational talent at the tight end position, just the uh, size and athleticism he has. So, uh, you know, where he's going in drafts um, is a little rich for some, but at the same time, he has... Um, the type of skill set that, uh, you know, in two or three years, you know, we could look back at this as a classic buy-in opportunity. Uh, kind of moving on from that, uh, Bijan Robinson, the eighth overall pick, he looks like Bijan Robinson. Uh, he looks like the guy that we expected uh, him to be. No real surprises. Uh, had a great first run, just looked smooth, powerful, elusive. Um just looked terrific. Made, uh, again, a one-handed catch, uh, which, you know, him and Pitts making one-handed catches, um, not great accuracy, maybe, uh, from the, the past that they were seeing. Um, but anyways, you know, he's an extremely talented player. And my advice, <clears throat> excuse me, is don't buy the timeshare hype. You know, um, when it comes down to it, these coaches are are coaching for their jobs. And while Tyler Algier and uh, Cordero Patterson uh, each respectively had uh, some nice moments last season, you know, Bijan Robinson is just, he's a sensational talent. And, you know, at the end of the day, Arthur Smith's going to want to win games. And when Bijan does Bijan things, it's going to be really hard to take him off the field. It's going to be really hard to not give him the ball 20 plus times every single week when you know what he's capable of. You know, this, remember, there was a time 
when people were scared to draft CMC uh, because of the existence of CJ Anderson. So, um, you know, just, uh, you know, when you have these elite type of talents, you kind of have to um, overlook projections and and just focus on uh, the player that you're drafting. Um, and I don't think people who draft Bijan this year are going to regret it. Moving on to the Jaguars and Lions game, uh, the Tank Bigsby hype train continues. Uh, he should have a role. You know, Travis Etienne is their top running back. But I think Bigsby, um, you know, clearly is going to have a role of some sort. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some goal line work uh, based on how Etienne was used and performed last season. Also, uh, Christian Kirk uh, being drafted relatively high for a player who appears to be leaving the field in two wide receiver sets. Uh, looks like Zay Jones and Calvin Ridley are on the field when they only have two wide receivers with Kirk brought in and playing uh, primarily in the slot um, in the 11 personnel with three wide receivers. So uh, something to watch there. You know, as for the Jaguars, Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, um, of the four top uh, receiving options for the Jaguars, um, you know, I think all are very good, but I am basically, I think it is a relatively flat um, group where uh, there isn't a huge difference between the top and the bottom. I think all will have their weeks, you know, and with that in mind, Ridley and Kirk are the most expensive. Zay Jones and Evan Ingram are the uh, least expensive. Uh, so I am uh, taking the discount and loading up on Zay and Ingram uh, with very little of Ridley and Kirk. Uh, moving on to the Lions, uh, Amon Ron St. Brown missed the week with an injury. Uh, should be back this week. Uh, hope you enjoyed that discount with the Q next to his name. Um, always interesting to me when that plays out in best ball. Uh, remember the end of 2021 and early 2022, uh, St. Brown, he looked like he was on a Cooper Cup-like path uh, where he was just um, loading up on volume, making some explosive plays, uh, and kind of taking over. Uh, appeared to be like a top five type wide receiver. So uh, as this Lions offense continues to ascend, as Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift uh, left town, um, you know, it'll be interesting uh, with Jamison Williams also uh, missing the six, first six games uh, due to suspension. So, uh, you know, St. Brown, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he starts this season out uh, the way he ended 2021 and started 2022, um, really just an explosive first few weeks, uh, kind of is what I am expecting. Uh, speaking of Jamison Williams, uh, he's had some drops. He now had an injury, uh, hamstring injury, going to keep him out the rest of the preseason. And we already know he's missing the first six weeks of the season. I am not sweating this injury. Uh, I'm buying him at a discount. He's dropped like over two rounds. Uh, which doesn't make sense to me considering he's missing the preseason, which doesn't count. And we knew he wasn't playing the first six weeks anyways. Uh, after St. Brown, this Lions receiving core is um, pedestrian. You know, it's got some decent players, but, you know, they're nothing special. And when you look at the pedigree plus opportunity plus op offensive environment for a player like Jameson Williams, 
um, you know, going in the like 12th round uh, is just is just too late. So uh, I've been hopping on him. He's someone I've been drafting kind of a lot of throughout the, the season uh, or the, the drafting season. Um, but, you know, this this is uh, this discount is certainly uh, not leading me to slow that down at all. The Dolphins and Texans game. Uh, Devon Achain, the rookie running back for the Dolphins, uh, had a shoulder injury, had to be carted off. Uh, of course, Dalvin Cook has signed with the Jets now. Uh, he was rumored to go to the Dolphins. Um, it appears that this is the Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson show uh, going forward in Miami. Um, you know, they have been loosely linked uh, to Jonathan Taylor um, as far as trade inquiries uh, since news came out that Taylor has been granted permission to seek a trade. Um, you know, personally, I think that uh, the Colts sounds like they're asking for a first round pick. Um, and I think that the Dolphins might be hesitant to uh, make that sort of a move. Uh, could be wrong, but. If things stay as is, if Taylor uh, does not join the team, I think Mostert and Wilson are severely undervalued. Um, I went over it in uh, my training session from last week. Uh, the Dolphins' backfield is one to um, kind of build a uh, stable of players from in best ball. And I think uh, this a chain injury uh, just makes that even more feasible. You know, and even that being said, I think a chain was likely to uh, be a slow starter this season either way. Kind of more of a role player, gadget player, uh, used in specific situations. Uh, maybe a couple of scheme touches each week. Um, I thought he was maybe being the most overdrafted player in best ball drafts um, from May until now. Uh, but I may be in on him if his ADP uh, drops down far enough with this injury now. It's a shoulder injury, which... Uh, generally doesn't uh, linger or doesn't um, doesn't hurt his effectiveness, hurt a player's effectiveness once they return. Um, so, you know, if he is uh, a guy who, and it sounds like he's going to be back in the first couple weeks of the season. Uh, so, you know, if he, he moves down to somewhere in like the 14th, 15th round, uh, then he's someone that I would be interested in. But I think most there and Wilson are absolutely, uh, you know, they they are not the the young, hot rookies uh, that are generally drafted um, in like the 10th to 15th rounds, the popular uh, backup running backs. Uh, but they are uh, in Mike McDaniel's scheme uh, and an explosive offense. So uh, both guys that I am looking to draft either individually or together. Uh, for the Texans, Damian Pierce was on the field uh, for every snap, including long down and distance, so third third and long uh, passing situations uh, over the first uh, two drives, 14 plays. Uh, played, I think it was 70% of the overall snaps with the starters. Uh, potentially a workhorse. You know, he looks like it. Um, looks like they are, you know, giving him uh, some significant treatment there. So uh, he's a guy I've been pretty low on. Uh, potentially an oops on my part, but we'll, uh, time will tell. Of course, it, it is just the preseason. Um, as for the receiving core, 
Robert Woods, Nico Collins, and Noah Brown were the starting wide receivers. Uh, John Mechie uh, mixed in, and Tank Dell was inactive um, due to some tightness. Uh, but Tank Dell, uh, a JM favorite, uh, of course, our fearless leader, uh, Jordan Toline, uh, JM to win as we uh, know him in the DFS streets. Uh, very high on Tank Dell. Uh, he's a very good route runner, has good hands, uh, performed very well in their first preseason game. So he sat out this one. I think that, uh, you know, that receiving core is going to be one that uh, will fluctuate throughout the season. Obviously, Nico Collins, uh, John Mechie, and Tank Dell, all young receivers. So if things go poorly for the Texans, um, as the year winds down, I would expect those guys to get uh, plenty of opportunity. Uh, but Robert Woods is, uh, you know, a talented, savvy vet. Um, he's, I expect him to kind of be the guy that they lean on early in the season. Um, you know, and, and Nico Collins is talented and had a good end to 2022. So that will be an interesting spot uh, to pay attention to. Um, but, you know, we don't know. Uh, what this Texans offense, how productive they're going to be as a whole anyways. Uh, so, you know, that's just one we, we have to keep an eye on uh, and keep looking for um, clues to to help us know what to expect as we go into week one, um, but also being ready to uh, adjust because I think that this is a team uh, who, who will have fluctuations in usage as the season moves on. The Bills traveled to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. We had the Bills offense without Damian Harris. James Cook looks secure in his role as the Bills' top running back option. He played the entire first drive and most of the second drive. Latavius Murray came in for a little bit of the second drive with the Bills' starters. Murray has... Generated a lot of buzz around camp. The coaches cannot stop raving about him. With Harris missing so much time in camp, uh, Murray was very productive last season as a fill-in for the Broncos when Javante Williams was injured and Melvin Gordon was cut. So I think Murray is playing his way into that second running back role in the Buffalo backfield. For the passing game, Josh Allen, clearly the guy there. He's going to have a big year without question. The wide receiver position, Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis locked into the top two spots. Deontay Hardy appears to have a leg up on Trent Sherfield and Khalil Shakir as the third wide receiver for the Bills. And I am expecting that to continue. The bigger news is that first-round rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid looks extremely good. He looked quick, fluid, strong, had great technique, was uh, a, just a, a matchup nightmare for the Steelers defense. And I expect that there's a good chance by the end of the season, Kincaid will be the number two receiving option for this Bills uh, elite offense. So with that said, he's someone I will be heavily targeting over the next two weeks as we head into the 2023 season. For the Steelers, head, head coach, actually 
offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, he claims still that Najee Harris is clearly their top running back. This is despite Jalen Warren uh, being given one carry that he took 62 yards for a touchdown. Of course, Najee Harris, the longest carry of his NFL career, is 22 yards. So uh, it'll be interesting if Canada is a man of his word and keeps the more explosive Warren off of the field, uh, cutting off his nose to spite his face. Kenny Pickett, second-year quarterback, former first-round pick, looked very good. He has looked uh, solid throughout training camp in the preseason. A lot of positive buzz coming out of Steelers camp. The Steelers, of course, have a lot of weapons. Deontay Johnson and George Pickens locked into the top two receiving options. And then Calvin Austin and Allen Robinson looking like they will be involved uh, in some regard at wide receiver as well. Pat Fryermuth, the third-year tight end, has had a very good first two years in the league, and he caught a 25-yard touchdown from Pickett. Clearly, he is going to be a close-to-every-down player, uh, and if this Steelers offense, uh, with all of the aforementioned talented players around Kenny Pickett, if Pickett can take this Steelers offense to be more productive than maybe what some people are expecting, then Fryermuth as a every-down player uh, at a position of scarcity with a relatively low threshold for uh, relevance in fantasy. Fryermuth could be uh, a very good value. Someone I haven't been targeting much, but uh, you know that could end up looking like a mistake a month from now. So uh, will be interesting to see. Bears and Colts. The Bears gave their starters the night off. Rashawn Johnson and Dante Foreman both were involved as the running backs, uh, signaling Khalil Herbert is the Bears' clear uh, top option at the running back position as they enter the season. Um, I talked about this on last week's training session, but I think the Bears' running game situation is one to target and one where there will be value this season. So keep an eye on them going forward. Of course, Johnson is a rookie with some passing game chops. Uh, Foreman was very productive for the Panthers last season. Um, And Herbert uh, was a very efficient player the last couple of years for the Bears as well. So uh, something to keep an eye on there. No one really played, no one relevant played in the passing game. Uh, So we'll move on to the Colts. Anthony Richardson named the Colts starter for week one. Uh, He was given the night off. He is someone that uh, is my most drafted quarterback throughout this offseason so far. Uh, just has, you know, I've talked about it before. He has Derrick Henry's size, but he's a little faster and can throw the ball 60 yards. So uh, I'm willing to bet on those physical traits, uh, you know, put uh, in a Shane Steichen offense. Uh, we'll see how it works out. If Jonathan Taylor is not traded, uh, you know, it's such a wild card there. Um, at this point, it's hard to expect him to be on the team. Uh, Deion Jackson and Evan Hull appear to be the top two options. Um, Jackson looked very, very good when he got opportunities last season. He is the one I am targeting in drafts at this point. As for wide receivers, uh, Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman, clearly the top two options. Josh Downs and Isaiah McKenzie battling for that third wide receiver spot. Josh Downs, the rookie, Isaiah McKenzie, the uh, 
free agent acquisition. Will be interesting to see how that plays out. My money is on downs. The tight end position, the Colts' top four tight ends were inactive for this game. So hard to get a read on that. Good luck figuring out what that means. Uh, The one thing I'll say with that is Jelani Woods, the 2022 third-round pick, uh, had a couple of very good games last season. Someone I was very high on uh, after last season coming into this year. Uh, But he has not played in, he's not participated in practice, uh, to my knowledge, for the last three weeks. The last that we saw, there was news uh, he would be out for some time. That was right around uh, the start of the month, start of August. And, you know, Google searched his name and and there's been no news. Uh, Nothing has really come out about him recently. So I'm going to keep looking into it. But uh, rookie quarterback uh, with, you know, potentially questions in the backfield, you know, maybe in um, catch up mode a lot. Between Jelani Woods, Kylan Grants, and Mo Alley-Cox, uh, I think that there will certainly be someone uh, who puts up some usable games at the tight end position for the Colts this season. Will be interesting to see who. The Bucks traveled to face the Jets. Uh, Baker Mayfield was given the night off. Kyle Trask started. Uh, kind of expect Mayfield to open the season as the starter. Uh, Trask did look good going 20 of 28 for 218 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but yeah, I think Mayfield opens the season as the starter. Although if things go poorly, I would not be surprised to see the second year quarterback, Kyle Trask, be given an opportunity. Uh, Sean Tucker, the rookie running back who went undrafted. Um, he was relatively highly thought of, uh, before the draft until a, a medical evaluation, Brought up a potential heart issue. uh, Kind of red flagged him for a lot of teams. He looked good. Seven carries for 37 yards. uh, Also caught three passes for 18 yards. Uh, I think Rashad White is kind of one of the uh, more unstable starting running backs uh, in the league. And Tucker may be equally or more talented than him. Uh, So we'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But Tucker's someone that I'm going to start uh, looking to mix in uh, and drafting in the 18th to 20th rounds as a high upside uh, late round running back, you know, potentially being able to uh, wrestle away a featured role uh, as the season progresses. Of course, with the Bucks cap situation uh, and you know their potential rebuilding situation for future, uh, would be very surprised to see them bring in a vet. Uh, which is part of why I'm high on Tucker. Uh, In the receiving core, uh, unfortunately, Russell Gage uh, suffered a season-ending injury. Uh, In practice, he is done for the year. Uh, Rookie wide receiver Trey Palmer looks like he is set to uh, step in and become the third wide receiver behind Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Palmer with a 33-yard touchdown catch. Um, Especially interesting uh, there's been a lot of rumors potentially on Mike Evans being traded uh, during the season. So, you know, Palmer right now is going to open the season as someone uh, with a role, and that role uh, could potentially grow uh, if Evans is moved uh, or there's another injury. So uh, definitely interesting there. And for the late-round tight end crowd, uh, I think Cade Otten uh, is the other big beneficiary uh, from the loss of Gage. Uh, so 
he is someone who I think a uh, good chance his target share uh, goes up as him and uh, Gage tend to operate in the same areas of the field. Looking at the Jets, of course, uh, finally signed Dalvin Cook this last week. Uh, joins the backfield um, that, you know, I think that Cook, along with uh, Brees Hall and Michael Carter, are going to be the uh, top running backs. And then Izzy, Israel Abanaconda, uh, the rookie running back, him and Zonovan Knight, who had some productive games for the Jets last season, uh, are probably fighting it out uh, for one roster spot there at the end. Um, I do think uh, Hall is still a high upside pick as he drops in drafts with the addition of Cook. Uh, I think Hall in best ball formats with uh, tournament uh, style playoffs towards the end uh, is exceptionally appealing as I think uh, he might be eased in early. His cumulative stats on the year uh, might not be um, at the top of the position, but I think he is going to have a good chance to peak at the right time. Uh, so we can take advantage of that. Uh, in the wide receiver room, uh, you know, still a lot to be to parse through there. Uh, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard uh, being the uh, Aaron Rodgers pets brought in from Green Bay. Uh, and then McCole Hardman, Corey Davis, uh, also being some, you know, some talented guys that are going to be involved. Uh, and of course, Garrett Wilson is the alpha there. So uh, after Wilson and Tyler Conklin at tight end, there's a lot up in the air. Uh, again, this is a spot where uh, Hardman and Davis are uh, much cheaper than Lazard. So uh, those are the guys that I am uh, looking to draft if I am taking a Jets wide receiver besides Wilson. The Titans played the Vikings. Uh, Malik Willis started and played pretty much the entire game uh, for the Titans. Interesting, uh, it sounds like Willis may have the upper hand over rookie Will Levis uh, for the number two quarterback job. Uh, you know, potentially something to keep in mind for those of you playing in two quarterback or super flex leagues. Uh, as far as the running games go, running game goes, uh, rookie running back Tajay Spears, holy cow, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon. A terrific-looking touchdown run. Seven carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, also caught a three-yard pass. He is one of my preferred, uh, one of my favorite targets uh, at the running back position. I think Derrick Henry is nearing the, the uh, end of the line. And Spears, again, he had uh, some knee things pop up. Uh, at the combine, I believe they said he's like missing an ACL, uh, but he is, you know, those are long-term concerns. He is a very talented, explosive back. Uh, what he can do with apparently one knee uh, was pretty impressive. Um, and he is a guy that uh, I am just shooting up my draft boards uh, and I'm, I'm fine uh, continuing to stay above market, even as his ADP likely rises. Uh, in the receiving game, uh, it sounds like Traylon Burks avoided catastrophe, went down with a knee issue. Uh, they're saying it was an LCL uh, injury, not the dreaded ACL. Uh, and there's a chance he's back by the start of the season. So um, 
He's someone that I wasn't very high on to start draft season. DeAndre Hopkins was signed, uh, and Burks saw a big dip in his ADP, uh, and I started buying some more. Um, got a little scared when he went down, but it sounds like he is going to uh, at least come back and, and be able to play this year uh, early on and, and play most of the season uh, unless, as long as he doesn't get hurt again. Uh, but he is dropping down into like the 10th round, uh, 10th or 11th round I've seen him in uh, quite often on DraftKings. Um, so yeah, he is the type of high upside talented player um, that I'm going to buy that discount whenever I can. For the Vikings, um, continuing to hear a lot of positive things out of camp on K.J. Osborne. No one in the passing game uh, was involved. Really the only thing of note uh, from this game is Ty Chandler. Clearly looks to have a handle on the number two running back position behind Alexander Madison. Um, He hasn't looked that good by himself, but uh, he's definitely been uh, the best option we've seen on the field uh, Chandler has. So, you know, this Vikings offense, we expect to score a lot of points, a very valuable role, uh, to be just one ankle turn away, uh, from being the feature back there. Uh, and you know, Madison is a guy who, when Dalvin Cook was, uh, released, Madison saw a huge, uh, jump in ADP and he has gradually been dropping and dropping. Um, again, I talked about it with Miles Sanders, I think Madison sitting out right now uh, speak is more of a positive than a negative. Uh, it speaks to the fact that the Vikings are feeling the need to preserve him uh, more so than it has me concerned about uh, the actual injury. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, Madison and Chandler, clearly the top two runners in Minnesota at this time. Kansas City played Arizona. The Chiefs. Uh, of course, their receiving situation, Travis Kelsey, clearly the alpha, uh, their tight end, uh, but much more than that. And after that, it looks like uh, quite a mess. It appears Sky Moore and uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling are the top two options. Uh, after that, you've got rookie Rasheed Rice. Uh, you've got Justin Watson, who has value as a special teams player. Uh, you also have uh, second-year player Justin Ross. Um, involved. And then, of course, you have uh, Kadarius Toney, uh, who's battling injury. And, you know, it, it's just a, a very, uh, a very uh, backed up situation. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of guys, uh, it's hard to say who will emerge or if anyone really will. Uh, I think there's a good chance that they just rotate a lot of guys um, throughout. Uh, the one guy that stands out, Justin Ross, uh, high pedigree player, very talented, uh, got snaps, caught a pass from Patrick Mahomes, uh, caught a pass on uh, a terrific whip route he ran on a third down play. Um, so he is one that I am continuing to target uh, late in drafts as uh, we go forward. But uh, otherwise, uh, you know, it's a situation where it's just kind of a pick your poison. Uh, rookie Rasheed Rice did have eight catches for 96 yards, so a very productive game for him, but uh, also played uh, the most of uh, all those guys um, against a lot of second and third string type guys. 
In the backfield, uh, Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco uh, clearly look like the top two running backs for the Chiefs. Pacheco still not on the field, uh, but there doesn't really seem to be concern for him to start the year. I think that uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, from the looks and sounds of it, he's got a chance to be involved or to return as the third running back there. Of course, you know, wouldn't take much for him to uh, be thrust into a role. Uh, he has, despite the fact that he has uh, failed to meet expectations, you know, he has just from a NFL production standpoint, you know, he has played and he has done some good things uh, throughout his career. Obviously, it's not what we all hoped it would be or what the Chiefs hoped it would be, um, but he is a guy who will be relevant. You think about it, last year he was you know, a like fourth, fifth, sixth round pick, I believe, um, in drafts. And, you know, he could be in the same spot he was to start last year uh, with just just one injury. Um, so, you know, anytime uh, there is that potential in the uh, one of the top three offenses in the league, you got to pay attention to it. For the Cardinals, uh, biggest thing I'm noticing is that Michael Wilson uh, is clearly the second receiving option behind Marquise Brown, uh, playing pretty much every snap. Rondale Moore is uh, clearly as the slot receiver, uh, coming in as the third wide receiver. Also, Keontae Ingram appears to clearly, excuse me, to clearly be the number two running back behind James Conner. Ingram is a guy, again, I've talked about a couple different running backs, but Ingram is another one who... Uh, at the end of drafts, uh, very interesting. I think Connor is um, 28 or 29 years old, uh, and he has had some injury and durability issues. If things go bad for the Cardinals, uh, Ingram could be a guy who is seeing feature work uh, for several weeks throughout the season. Uh, a highly valuable uh, spot because we know that volume is king. Patriots and Packers game. Uh, Unfortunately, was uh, called with 10.38 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Patriots cornerback Isaiah Bolden was injured. A scary collision had to be carted off the field uh, for head and neck injuries. Uh, best wishes, of course, uh, to Bolden, and it sounds like he is going to be okay. But certainly a scary situation, especially after uh, that serious situation we saw with DeMar Hamlin week 17 of last year. Uh, but focusing on the game, uh, Ramondre Stevenson um, is dropping a bit in drafts after the Patriots signed Ezekiel Elliott last week. Uh, interesting spot. Elliott has, uh, you know, rocketed up draft boards over 20 spots on most sites. Um, he is somewhat interesting, uh, but I'm more interested in uh, Ramondre at a discount Uh you know, he isn't someone, Stevenson is not someone I was drafting um, in his third round price tag, uh, but I've seen him go late fourth or early fifth uh, a few times. So at that rate, uh, you know, he's someone I'm willing to take some shots on. Uh, as for the receiving core, uh, it appears that Tyquan Thornton is blowing his shot. Uh, sounds like Devontae Parker and Juju Smith-Schuster, along with Kendrick Bourne, are the top three receivers for the Patriots. Uh, very interesting. Bourne has uh, been productive in spurts. Might be someone to 
uh, take a look at in uh, late rounds of best ball or consider as like a close to min salary DFS play uh, first few weeks in the season. He's made some acrobatic catches and some big plays. Uh, also, rookie Kayshawn Boot. Uh, he had is uh, out of LSU. Uh, a lot of draft type uh, people on Twitter that I saw uh, were very high on him uh, entering the draft, and then he fell uh, quite a quite a ways. So, uh, without any real standout talent um, in that Patriots receiving room, uh, Boot is someone who I would not be shocked to see. Uh, kind of wiggle his way into a role as the season progresses. On the Green Bay side of things, uh, I very similar to the Panthers situation uh, I talked about um, as far as condensed usage. Uh, you know, the exception being the running back position where Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon uh, are both going to be very involved. Uh, but Jordan Love looked really, really good. He is someone I have been pushing the chips in on uh, since May. I think he is going to surprise. I think this Packers team, uh, they're my pick to win the NFC North, uh, which, um, you know, everyone's on the Lions bandwagon. The Vikings obviously had a very good season last year. Justin Fields has a lot of excitement. But I think this Packers team has an elite offense, or an elite defense, and I think Jordan Love is going to uh, surprise a lot of people this season. Uh, as for his weapons, uh, Romeo Dubs, Christian Watson, and Jaden Reed, the rookie out of Michigan State, uh, all very clearly uh, locked into those top three receiving receiver roles. Uh, and rookie tight end Luke, Luke Musgrave, also taken in the second round, uh, is looking like he's going to be an every down tight end. Uh, so, this is not a super expensive offense. Uh, Jaden Reed, a terrific touchdown catch from Love in the first quarter. Uh, so, you know, I think this is just a situation uh, that I'm going to keep loading up on and uh, kind of putting my money where my mouth is, so to speak, uh, as I think the Packers are a team uh, that is going to surprise a lot of people this year. Uh, in Denver, uh, sorry, in San Francisco, the Broncos came to face the 49ers. The highlights of this game, of course, were two players coming back from serious injury uh, to see their first time uh, in live action uh, this season. Brock Purdy, quarterback for the Niners. He's back. He was four for five, 65 yards. Highly efficient. And, you know, that kind of puts anything to rest. He is going to be the opening day starter for the 49ers. Looking at how this team's offense operated once he took over last year. Um, you know, I think all of the 49ers plays are elite upside type players on a weekly uh, and season long basis. Um, you know, I touched on this in the 49ers team preview. Unlikely that all of the 49ers players uh, pay off their draft cost uh, for the length of the season. Um, but if any one of um, McCaffrey, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, if any one of them were to miss time, uh, the other three are, are really set up to smash, um, especially as long as Purdy is healthy. Um, so it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, sounds like Jordan Mason uh, is the number three running back. He's going to uh, take that competition. 
um, behind uh, CMC and Elijah Mitchell. Obviously a valuable spot with Mitchell's injury history and how good this 49ers offense is. Uh, and then on the Broncos side, Javante Williams uh, returned from a devastating knee injury uh, last year. Uh, heavily used. He had three carries, uh, five targets. Very interesting uh, that he is already seeing that uh, kind of workload that the, that he was uh, given the ball eight times uh, in the preseason coming off that kind of uh, huge inju- injury. So clearly, clearly they are trying to get him ready for the start of the year and have big plans for him. Uh, terrific seventh round, seventh or eighth round pick uh, if you can get him there. Uh, and then in the receiving core, uh, Jerry Judy, Marvin Mims, Cortland Sutton, Pierre locked in to the top three spots. And then at tight end, Adam Troutman uh, is playing first and second downs, while Greg Dulcich, the second-year tight end, uh, is being limited to mostly just third downs. So uh, interesting spot. Dulcich is not a player I've been drafting uh, really at all uh, throughout draft season. Um, But Marvin Mims and Jerry Judy are two receivers that I have been very high on. A little bit concerning, uh, Russell Wilson has, I know it's the preseason, but uh, after how bad he was last year, uh, he has not looked very good in the preseason, um, which again raises some eyebrows and red flags, given what we saw in 2022. So keep an eye on that one. The Raiders played the Rams. The, uh, you know, the... The thing that stood out here is, you know, rookie quarterback Aiden O'Connell uh, out of Purdue, fourth year, uh, sorry, fourth round pick, uh, you know, and through two weeks, he has really impressed. He's really been pushing the ball down the field. I think Warren Sharp tweeted out a stat. He's averaged like over 11 yards. Uh, His passes have averaged being over 11 yards down the field, uh, which leads the league. Um, You know, interesting Someone to keep an eye on late rounds if you're in super flex, uh, two quarterback type leagues. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo obviously has had a lot of injuries. I'm not sure um, how many games this Raiders team is going to win. And Brian Hoyer is the other quarterback uh, that they're dealing with. He's obviously not a play for the future. So I would not be surprised if O'Connell gets some starts uh, at some point this year, especially late in the year. Uh, Garoppolo did look good, 4-for-4, four four, 39 yards um, in his appearance here. Uh, looks pretty clear. Uh, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, top two receiving options. Hunter Renfro, uh, going to be the situational slot type guy. Um, Michael Mayer and Austin Hooper are in a bit of a timeshare rotation uh, at the tight end position. Uh, as, far, as far as the running backs go, um, I believe Josh Jacobs is going to be there and is going to play week one. Uh, maybe he won't. Maybe I will be proven wrong. Uh, but he has 10, 10 million reasons uh, to show up. And I think that uh, the Jonathan Taylor situation will be telling because I don't think anyone's going to be willing uh, to give up a first-round pick for him. Uh, and if you're Josh Jacobs and you see that, you know it's going to be hard to not just um, you know cash the check for for this year and take that $10 million that's sitting right in front of you. Uh, for the Rams, uh, you know, not much as that was actionable uh, for us as 
most of their what we expect to be their top players uh, did not play. Uh, I expect Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, and uh, to be the top receivers with uh, Puka Nasua and Tutu Atwell kind of fighting out for that third receiver job. I think both will see the field early in the season. I like Nasua uh, over Atwell uh, for that spot, um, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, moving on, we have the Cowboys and Seahawks. Uh, kind of a crapshoot, the Cowboys' backfield. Uh, Rico Dowdle, uh, Malik Davis, Deuce Vaughn, all kind of fighting it out for that second running back position. Uh, again, that's going to be a highly valuable role, uh, but also potentially a situation where they're all somewhat involved and might be where even if Tony Pollard were to miss time, none of those guys would have enough volume to really stand out on a weekly basis. Uh, You know, the receiving game I've talked about at length over the offseason, potentially one of the more underrated uh, receiving trios in the league with CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and Michael Gallup. Gallup, a full year removed, uh, two years removed from his ACL injury. For the Seahawks, uh, rookie running back Zach Charbonnet looked very good. Uh, Once again, uh, looks like he has a three-down skill set. We'll have to keep an eye on Kenneth Walker's injury. If this is a real injury or a mirage of the preseason, Uh, but I expect the Seahawks to be a top 10 offense once again this season. So uh, that backfield is going to be one that has a lot of value. Uh, and then Jackson Smith Najigba, uh, the first round pick for the Seahawks. He had a nice play, burned Trayvon Diggs, uh, the all-pro cornerback for the Cowboys. Ended with three catches for 58 yards. Uh, you know, certainly a guy who uh, I expect to perform at a high level this season. Although uh, his draft, his average draft position is getting to a point uh, where... You have to wonder how much he can uh, exceed where he's being drafted at this point. The Saints went to play the Chargers. Uh, Of course, a very interesting situation there. Kendra Miller, the rookie running back out of TCU, uh, he saw some game action, uh, had been uh, injured for a couple weeks, uh, but he had 10 carries for 23 yards and a touchdown. More impressively, made a nice diving catch on a wheel route down the sideline. Ended with three catches for 36 yards. Um, Highly interesting. We know that Alvin Kamara is going to miss at least the first three games of the season. Kamara unlikely to be back uh, in New Orleans next season. So with uh, Miller dropping in uh, draft position over the last couple of weeks as he battled an injury and now being back healthy, if that draft position holds or only slightly upticks, it will be a potentially very profitable situation. He is a guy I expect to have some very nice games at some point throughout this season and uh, certainly caught my eye with his performance in this one. The Chargers, Justin Herbert did not play. Austin Eckler did not play. Um, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen did not play. Quinton Johnston did catch three passes for 37 yards. Of course, Johnston, the first-round rookie wide receiver out of TCU. And we expect him to be the number three receiver to start the season. Biggest thing that stood out from a personnel standpoint, 
Joshua Kelly looks to have the leg up on Isaiah Spiller as the number two running back for the Chargers. Uh, obviously, very valuable spot. I expect the Chargers to be a top five offense this season, potentially dethroning the Chiefs from the AFC West. So we'll see how that plays out. But regardless, I think that that running back situation is one that you'll want to keep an eye on. Um, and, you know, if anything were to happen to Austin Eckler, uh, Kelly is appears to be the one that you would want to own. And wrapping things up, the Ravens and Commanders. The Ravens, of course, uh, Lamar Jackson did not play. J.K. Dobbins did not play. Gus Edwards did not play. So the quarterback and running back position, not a lot to say there. Uh, but Zay Flowers looked like he is worth every bit of the hype. Two catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. The touchdown really was impressive. Got himself open, was elusive in the open field, looked explosive. Uh, I believe he will be the top receiver, uh, wide receiver for the Ravens this year. I expect the Ravens to throw much more than we've seen in the past. Uh, so he, even as he, as he goes up draft boards and continues to become more expensive, he is someone that I am continuing to buy. For the Commanders, Sam Howell played the entire first half with 19 for 25, 188 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, looked very good. Looked like he deserved that starting quarterback job that uh, he has been given uh, and kind of rewarded Ron Rivera's trust there uh, with a nice performance. Hopefully, he can carry that into the regular season. Of course, people will say it's just the preseason. Uh, you know, it means nothing. But the Ravens, uh, as if you've paid attention to any ESPN or social media over the last uh, few weeks, uh, had a 24-game preseason winning streak. This is a team that notoriously brings in uh, a lot of talent in their second and third strings. Uh, their front office does a great job. Their coach prioritizes winning. He, you know, kind of goes all out, tries to win uh, these preseason games. And uh, so, you know, for Howell to have such a good performance against the Ravens uh, sticks out a bit to me. Brian Robinson uh, at running back was involved uh, some on third downs, which he was never involved in last year. Uh, Antonio Gibson um, and Robinson both involved uh, kind of in all facets of the game. Um, looks like it has a chance to be uh, a pretty even timeshare or maybe like a 60-40 to Robinson uh, with light, slightly more receiving work to Gibson. Uh, but definitely looks different. Looks like it's going to be different than last year where J.D. McKissick was uh, the clear passing down back. Um, and then Gibson or Robinson kind of rotated as uh, the early down guys. Uh Similar to what I talked about with the Eagles, I think Robinson and Gibson uh, will be in involved in all, all aspects of the game. Uh, in the receiving core, big news, Terry McLaurin uh, caught three passes for 39 yards but went down with what is being reported as a toe injury. Now, x-rays were negative, but uh, that is a concerning injury uh, for a player like McLaurin. Those toe injuries, they can linger. Uh, it's hard for them. Uh, depending on the, what the toe injury is, uh, it's often hard for them to fully heal without just having a lot of rest. So uh, we'll want to pay attention to the reports on that. Um, if he were to miss time, Jahan Dotson's value would certainly skyrocket. Um, Curtis Samuel uh, caught one pass, 
I think he's clearly the number three option. And second-year tight end Cole Turner uh, continued to look good as Logan Thomas has missed time. You know, and I think that this commander's offense is one that uh, a lot of people, including myself, uh, may have not been giving enough credit. Um, I think the thing that stands out to me is that Howell threw 25 passes uh, in the first half. This commander's team was very run-heavy last season. Uh, they This was a close game. Uh, granted, again, it's just the preseason. But they threw 52 passes, ran the ball only 26 times, and five of those runs uh, were from their quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, 21 non-quarterback runs uh, compared to 52 passes. Um, you know, if, if the commanders do come out and throw at a much higher rate this season uh, than what we saw in the past, uh, and if Howell is better than what we than what most of the industry is expecting, uh, this could certainly be one of those uh, teams that you know you can be very profitable, especially in DFS, if you can get ahead of those trends, if you can uh, recognize and identify a, a team like that early in the season uh, before you know their prices come up and they become more popular. So uh, that is a team that I am highly intrigued by. Uh, and we'll be uh, keeping an eye on, you know, as we start preparing for week one DFS. Of course, the preseason's winding down here, uh, but the commanders um, certainly uh, piqued my interest. Maybe it is uh, recency bias as I just watched this game before recording, uh, but, but a lot to consider there. Um, and that's going to wrap it up for our Monday uh, market updates and news reactions. We will be right back to you uh, very quickly with the Tuesday training session. Of course, that is only available on our Best Ball Plus premium subscription. Again, it's only $59. You can still join uh, for the remainder of the offseason. And uh, that will give you access to all of our written works uh, from throughout the offseason, as well as the previous training sessions, uh, which have a lot of very valuable evergreen content. So... Uh, we will see you in the draft lobbies and be back next Monday with your updates from the final week of the NFL preseason. This is Mike Johnson and Johnson 86 with one week season. Have a good night.